Hello everyone, and welcome to Food Navigator Asia's monthly podcast, the FNA Food and Beverage Trailblazers. This is a series where we speak to and get to know more about groundbreaking food and beverage firms in the Asia-Pacific region, as well as the people behind them and their stories. I am Pearlie, the editor of Food Navigator Asia, and as always, I am your host for this series. Joining me today is Coco C, Vice President of Strategy and Operations at Herotine. Herotine is one of China's leading new generation plant-based meat companies, backed by a team of former senior R&D execs from big plant-based names such as Beyond and Impossible, and already has a variety of plant-based beef, chicken, and ready-to-eat meals being sold on shelves, with hybrid plant-based cultured meat products on the way as well. So hello, Coco. Welcome, first of all, and thank you so much for joining me today. Hello, Carly. Thank you for having me today. Uh, Happy New Year, everyone. Yes, very much. Happy New Year to everyone and to you, Coco. It's really great to have you here. And I think the first thing I'd like to talk to you about is the Hero Team brand and your wide variety of products. So many plant-based firms tend to focus or just specialize in one area like beef or chicken. But for you guys, you're doing just about everything. So why have you guys taken this tech? Is this part of your growth strategy, your plans? Hero Team currently currently carries a total of eight SKUs, including plant-based beef and chicken ranges, as well as dumplings. We are also expecting to launch a couple more ready-to-heat or eat products and other meat and seafood analogs in 2022 and beyond. And of course, uh, earlier on, we've also had a press release on a co-branded range where we carry a 16 uh, ready-to-heat products uh, with some of our partners. There are two key rationales behind this. First being the positioning as an integrated new protein solution provider. We believe there exists cross-selling opportunities for a complementary product portfolio. And this is also not uncommon to be seen in the Chinese Chinese market. Taking example of a burger restaurant, when they launch a plant-based meat burger, more often than not, they want to have a plant-based nuggets as a snack to go in a set. So we see the opportunities there and we wanted to offer the full suite of products that our clients are looking for. Secondly, it is also in consideration of localization and channel penetration. We continue to develop local applications as well as products in varying consumption formats to fit into different channels and client types. Um, I also understand that uh, the plant-based market in China is really growing quite rapidly, you know, with many brands popping up left and right. So for Herotine, how are you providing yourself with an edge over the competition? First and foremost, I must say we are more than happy to see more players coming into the space. The Chinese market is a big blue ocean with much work and education to be done. Collective effort is needed to cultivate change in conventional food consumption, and there is more than enough room to fit in the numbers of players we have currently. Alongside that, in Team, we pride ourselves as a technology-centric company, integrating international and domestic expertise to bring novel protein, new protein products to the Chinese market. We're offering new protein products at a international quality, localized flavors, and domestic pricing. We started as the first domestic startup in China to commercialize plant-based products produced using high moisture extrusion and formulated by senior R&D folks who have previously crafted products for some of the largest plant-based meat brands such as Beyond Meat, Impossible Foods, Scardine, etc. Enhanced with a significantly better taste and texture over some of our uh, local peers um, in the market. In addition to that, we commit to continue bringing leading local technologies and products to the Chinese market. As we have last spoken on the strategic partnership with Mission Bounce to develop hybrid meat products, for which we target again to be the first in China to launch such products. 
But on that note, the, as you mentioned, the last time we spoke, uh, Hiroteen is gearing up to enter into the hybrid products market with Mission Barnes, and you want to be the first in the country, as you said, to introduce these products. So maybe you could elaborate a little bit more on that gap that you feel hybrid products could fill, you know, as opposed to purely plant-based products or purely cultured meat products. So for the hybrid products we're currently developing, it will be a combination of plant-based proteins and cultivated fats. Um, Industry researchers and professionals have repeatedly stressed the importance of fat in determining flavor profiles, flavor retention, release, uh, mouthfeel texture, and juiciness. You know, all these which we see as critical elements uh, for, you know, a food product. And the addition of cultivated fat can help to solve sensory issues faced by purely plant-based meat products, significantly improving the product taste and texture. We believe this is going to dramatically grow the customer base of new protein products, as various consumer surveys still point to these factors being the primary reasons consumers do not regularly consume existing purely plant-based products. Meanwhile, in comparison to purely cultivated meat products, hybrid meat products are more cost-efficient and easier to make. In combination with plant-based proteins, hybrid products can be priced lower as the cultivated fat will only constitute a small portion of the entire product. The fat component is also known to be easier to cultivate from cells in relative sense to the muscle component. So we see that hybrid products um, is actually uh, bringing the best of both worlds uh, from both plant-based and cultured meat uh, products. Um, you also mentioned uh, new protein a couple of times, which I understand is um, alternative proteins, essentially, uh, and both plant-based and cultured meat are part of this sector, of course. So in China, it's called new protein. So could you tell us more about this a new protein sector or movement as a whole in China? What are the main drivers behind this movement? So to start with, you know, why we call it, uh, you know, new protein is really because we want people to perceive as, you know, uh, something that is new, that is that can be integrated uh, into their daily diet, but not like something that we want them to swap out meat entirely. What we really aim to do here is to reduce the overall consumption of conventional meat and not necessarily an uh, entire replacement. And for the rise of new protein and, you know, essentially right now, uh, with plant-based meat begins in 2019. And since then, various players have entered, a number of restaurant chains have launched plant-based meat menu, and likewise, a number of retailers have started stocking plant-based meat products. Some leading examples include Starbucks, KFC, Burger King, uh, Decos, and et cetera. First volunteering uh, group standard for plant-based meat was set up in 2020. And on the other hand, the first cultivated meat companies were founded in 2020 in China and had debuted uh, product prototypes in 2021. For the drivers that are behind this, uh, first from the consumer end, the population is becoming increasingly health conscious and the average protein consumption per capita is on the rise alongside urbanization and rising income levels. New protein stands as healthier alternative with no risk of animal bond diseases, antibiotics and hormones free. And in the case of plant-based meat, it also comes as a source of dietary fiber and free of cholesterol all while offering comparable nutritional profile to conventional animal meat. And on the other hand, from the government end, food security and sustainability are the key drivers for government support. Given the world's largest population and the emerging middle class and urbanization population, the total national demand for protein is huge and constitutes 
uh, one-fourth of total global uh, consumption. And over the last years, we have seen widening gaps between protein supply and demand in China. And this has been fueled primi primarily by foreign imports of conventional proteins. And new protein stands as an alternative solution to fuel this protein gap, and at the same time reducing environmental impact induced uh, from the livestock industry, which is also an in, uh, increasing uh, concern from the government. Okay, on that note, so what do you feel is, you know, going to be the future essentially for the new protein sector in China? You know, are there any sort of like new trends or market drivers you expect to see driving the market this year? Or is it going to remain those drivers that you mentioned? Right, so I think new protein uh, is going to continue to take up an increasing portion of the entire protein space. And looking really up to the future, I would see uh, plant-based fermentation and cultivated proteins uh, continue to coexist and take up the biggest portion um, altogether uh, with conventional proteins combined. And I believe hybrid products, a combination of two or more categories of new protein, um, is going to be uh, the biggest growth area as it incorporates the best from each of these protein categories to balance the taste, cost, and functionality aspects. And this year, uh, for the market drivers, um, I would say this, uh, similar trends of what we see from last year. Um, localization and adaptation of consumption formats will continue to be key. Uh, we would need an overall improvement in uh, product quality by all peers, uh, more localized flavors, um, and being off more offerings in local cuisines. Uh, hence, you know, hitting the right uh, consumption settings and scenario. Uh, where consumers can see. Um, we also expect to see more ready-to-heat and ready-to-eat uh, segment growth as that can feed into uh, the more increasing emphasis on convenience uh, in the Chinese market. All right, let's um, shift gears a little bit. So we've talked a fair bit about hero team, we've talked about new protein, but now I'd like to find out a bit more about your own career journey so far. So I understand you have a background in areas such as finance, business management. So how did you find yourself in this food entrepreneurship space? It was a very interesting question. So I first started out in investment banking, uh, as you say, mm. you know, working in finance and business management roles. It was in the mid of 2020, I was, um, but I, I've always hold a belief in sustainability um, and new protein as personally being a, a huge advocate for that. I'm also a vegan for the reason. Mm. Um, and in mid 2020, there comes a point where I was looking for new insights and new um uh, new developments in my career, but it was really a coincidence that I, I stumbled upon a job ad initially um, on the application deadline uh, for a food tech company and decided that I would write up the cover letter and my CV and just send over uh, right away. And subsequently, mm. I reached out to a few industry peers and friends to get more uh, first-hand experiences of uh, working within the food entrepreneurship space. And in the process, I was referred to the founding team of Heritine, um, mm. and I found it a very empowering experience because I was able to share my, uh, my passion um, and to really grow, to really grow into the knowledge space of what I have had, what I've built out as more on a personal interest and hobby side. Um, so eventually, I just felt that it was a no-brainer decision. 
Um, I believe new protein is the future with sustainability, food security, health concerns and whatnot. Uh, I believe we don't have a choice but to opt for alternative protein solutions. It is a matter of time where alternative protein is going to take up the majority of the uh, food ecosystem. So what has struck you as the main standout differences between the food industry you know, and what you did previously? I think the biggest difference uh, for me is that food is a very personal experience. Mm. Uh, we connect over food and every day, you know, food is you know, part of our diet. Um, back then, I used to think about sustainability and I thought about going into sustainable finance as well, you know, as with mm. my background in finance. And the reason why eventually I decided that a sustainable food could be something more interesting because there are more touch points with each individual. Um, this is really empowering in a sense where we can tell consumers that every bite matters and they do have their choice in their daily life to help make a small impact to the, to the, um, to the environment, to the planet, and ultimately, collectively, it is a huge impact. Whereas in the case for uh, you know, some other industries, while um, in a global or massive scale, you know, a lot of large corporates are still making great impacts uh, in all these areas of carbon reduction. However, it could seem a little remote for a, a regular consumer. Uh, mm -hmm. Let's say, you know, to opt for renewable energy uh, sources, that's not something that you can really uh, control your electricity company uh, to go for. But, you know, you really can choose what you eat every day. Mm, yeah, so it's it's about that personal sort of connection to making the difference in that sense. Absolutely. Along those lines, you know, when you were making that switch over to the food industry, um, could you tell us about some of the personal and professional challenges that you experienced when making the switch? The key differences or, or challenges that I've experienced um, at the initial stage is probably um, the fact that I'm not, uh, well, for the fact that I've never been in the food industry. Mm -hmm. So hence, you know, there's a lot of things on the background that I never knew. So for instance, um, initially when I um, I started getting in touch with restaurant customers, uh, you know, food service partners, you know, going into factories. I realized how much process actually go behind the scene. Whereas mm -hmm. when I was only a consumer uh, and I go to a restaurant, I, I was thinking that, oh, it's super simple. There's just a, set, uh, just a chef behind the kitchen and cooking. Uh, and then I was served and I eat and, and that's kind of just about it. Then after going into the industry, then I realized, oh, there's actually a very complicated system, you know, of uh, purchasing, um, controlling, supply chain. Um, but these are the things where I had not noticed. And it was very eye-opening for me as I go into this uh, new industry. And I think for on that front, um, that means that I have to learn all these uh, from scratch and to get adapted as, as soon as possible. Looking forward a little bit, where do you see Heroteen in the next 12 months, you know, perhaps even five years down the line? Right, so perhaps a little recap here for Heroteen, uh, for what we've done. So last year, we have produced the first product versions um, of beef, chicken, and we launched um, the latest uh, Chinese applications of dumplings and, and set up our distribution channels, uh, only channels being food service, retail, and e-commerce. Um, so in the next 12 months, our key focus would remain on product development and channel penetration. Um, these, 
where we really aim at trying to get our name um, as far as possible and going into um, tier one cities uh, as a start and then beyond to tier two, tier three, and ultimately national wide. Five years down the line, uh, we wish um, to bring Heritine as the China's leading new protein solution company, making Heritine a household name. The way we would do it is we would continue to bring in the latest novel technologies uh, globally, localize them and bring it to cons uh, Chinese consumer, uh, consumers to showcase the possibility and versatility of new protein and helping them to integrate all these uh, into their daily diet and eventually making new protein a daily staple of um, one's diet. Do you have any advice for those out there who are trying to move into the food entrepreneurship industry like you have? Uh, as a new and booming industry that is rapidly expanding in scale, we're still in scarcity of talents in the new protein industry overall. So I'd encourage any of you listening to mm. join hands with us in building a more sustainable food system for all. And to start with um, and to explore uh, food entrepreneurship opportunities, um, I think good start points would be looking into some industry reports to get a, a good grasp of the industry landscape. Go speak to industry entrepreneurs and teams. Um, I'll also be happy uh, to, to speak to any of you and feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn um, if, that, if I can be of any help. And there are also dedicated uh, venture capital funds and accelerators uh, that's available. And for instance, in China, we have Lever China, uh, where you can reach out to and they also provide early fundings uh, to venture builders. Um, to support the food entrepreneurship journey. Thank you so much for joining me today, Coco. Um, it was so wonderful to catch up with you. Thank you, Pearlie. Thank you so much. And thank you also, everyone, for listening to this podcast as well. And I wish everyone a great day ahead. For Food Navigator Asia, this is Pearlie, signing out. <laughs>